When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Utopia Terrier. Stephen Chicken joined as usual by David Hartrick. The season's over, Dave. Don't think we need to discuss the Renning game, do we? <laughs> no, I've got absolutely nothing to say on it, really. 2 0. There we go. We're going to look ahead this week to the summer. What's happening this summer for Huddersfield Town? And basically, there's, there's loads happening this summer for Huddersfield Town. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, it won't have escaped anyone's attention that. Kevin Nagel was at the game on Monday. That takeover is still waiting for approval from the EFL, which I think could happen any time now. It could be another month. Who knows? Um, but we'll we'll see. He said that he's he's hopeful that it will be done soon. Uh, it's we're still well within the two months that that it took Coventry's to get done. So. We'll see what happens on that, but but that's going on. We've got new manager to find with Neil Warnock heading off into the sunset again, at least until next February. Got transfers that need making in various different positions. There's a lot happening, Dave. Where do we want to start? Uh, I think, such is the way with modern football fandom, I think we better start with transfers, Steve. Yeah, I've I've sort of been through the squad and trying to be sort of realistic because I think you could probably look at every position and go, well, you could do with an upgrade yeah. there. But being realistic about... So it's not going to happen, no, is it? No, I don't think, unless you're Nottingham Forest, you don't go and sign a whole new playing squad in a, in a single summer. It, it, it takes a while. So going through position by position, goalkeepers, Thomas Flashlick is off. Uh, by the looks of things, his contract is out, but Lee Nichols is back. I think Dave, unless Lee Nichols were to go, and he is one of the sort of the handful of town players who you think maybe they might attract a summer a, a summer offer, they're looking all right in goal. I think we're happy with Nicholas Bilokopic as as backup. Uh, they can always go and get someone if they need it. You always say keepers are easy, just to get in there before you say it. But I mean, you can't really starting with the best keeper in the league isn't a bad place to be starting, is it? It's not. My my worry is, um, like I don't want to spend too long on this, but my worry is I'm going to say the thing that a lot of um, uh, a lot of town fans won't want me to say, which is, uh, like I think they could get an offer for Lee Nichols. I think it, they could get serious money for him. Yeah, that's the issue. I think he is top of a lot of lists from the. Um, from the champ and yeah I just think um, I think they need to be careful but I do think they recruit goalkeepers well generally speaking so if he did go I wouldn't be too worried about what they'd do in terms of recruitment because I think they they, I think between Clem and the recruitment team there they have unearthed a couple of gems previously no reason they couldn't do it again if required yeah I think would you take a look at Belokopic or do you think they need someone more senior if Nichols were to go? 
No, I, I, I think, I, I think they need someone more yeah, senior. I would agree with that, and I think sort of. I, I don't get me wrong. I think he's good. I think he's good, and I think at some point he will be ready to to have a season in the champ, but not next season. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Right back, I think they probably need someone here. Um, so they've got Ollie Turton, but he's out with an ACL. Um, so I'd be very, very surprised if he was back for the start of the season. Um, obviously, I don't know the time scale on him but potentially you're looking at a year or more for for an ACL it can be less than that um but I wouldn't be that surprised if if we didn't see him until sort of the middle of next season mm. Brody Spencer and Aaron Rowe is back up um you can play Sorba Thomas if you're playing a wing back you can play Matty Pearson Romani Edmonds Green Ben Jackson there I think I like Turton but I think they're they're probably going to need cover aren't they until until he's back fit yeah, um, I th- I think Turton is a, is a big miss, isn't he? Turton because yeah. he's just such a valuable squad player. So I think it's one of them positions that's probably on the list, but it's probably sort of the the yeah. last priority, isn't it? Because they do have options there, but it would be a I think it would be a sort of nice to have, wouldn't it? But we'll we'll see on that. I one. think it sort of depends on the tactical plans because I think probably the area where they're strongest is centre back. And if they're planning on playing a back four, you're probably going to... Well, you would have to leave out one of Pearson, Lees and Hellick anyway. So if you've got Matty Pearson sitting there not being used, potentially, do you just keep him at right back? He's done fine there at the end of this season. I don't think you want him there playing there more than, you know, more than just as cover, let's be honest. Um, Whether that be three games or sort of ten, you'd be all right with that. But you wouldn't want him there for the whole season. No. So I think that does no. knock it down the priority list a bit right back. But it, yeah, it's, uh, I think they could do with someone. Centre-back, as I say, I think they're very strong. Hellick, Lees, Pearson, Boyle, Edmonds-Green, Aina, um, who's done extremely well at, at Dundee United as, as backup. Ollie Turton can play there when he's back. Yuta Nakayama can play there, as we know, and I think they're hopeful he'll be back for the start of the new season. Fine at centre-back, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. I, I think... That you do have to like the march of time on Tom Lees does have to be noted. You know, I'm sure next season he's probably going to need a, a break out the side. We know he looks after himself, but yeah, I think they're generally fine. There, there are other priority positions. Let's say left back Nakayama, Jaheim Headley, Ben Jackson, even with John Ruff, uh, John Ruffles, Josh Ruffles soon to be out of contract. I think again looks fine to me that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Ruffles, it would be lovely to sign him up because I think we were starting to see yes. what what he could do. And I think as backup left backs go, I think he's one of the he's in the the higher end in the league. The only thing I would say is like it it would be very difficult to convince him to come, knowing that Ute is probably going to be first choice realistically, um, and there may be others. It, it, it's you know. Can you sign him up again, knowing he's probably going to make fifteen appearances next season? Yeah. Probably not. He's he's too good. He can go somewhere and play a full season, and that's fine. But yeah, I I think you coming back is the big thing there, isn't it? Because I it, it's weird how I was talking to a couple of town fans actually, and they were saying, "Oh, we desperate. We're going to have to sign a left back. We must sign a left back." And when I reminded them of of you coming back, they had genuinely completely forgotten he was at the club. <laughs> Which goes to show how long this season has felt, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, out since November. I, I know Headley and Jackson have played pretty well exclusively on the wing under Warnock when they've not played at wing back, but 
I think that was sort of a horses for courses thing because we'll get on to Winkers in a bit. Um, mm. But I think particularly if you're sort of looking at doing a, a new era, new manager, build for build for the future. Even if some, even if Hita wasn't ready or he was injured again or something like that, who do you want to give those minutes to? Do you want it to be Josh Ruffles, who's you know knocking on yeah. in his late twenties, yeah, or give them to Jim Headley? So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Central midfield, uh, Jonathan Hogg, Jack Rodoni, and we'll have a discussion about him because he's sort of relevant to the number 10 role that we'll come on to in a moment. David Kasumu, Etienne Kamara, Scott High, Josh Osterfield, who's been in League 2 and in League 1 this season and, and playing regularly. Could even play Ramani as a defence midfielder, as we know. I think we discussed this a few weeks ago. They could do with someone who is between Hogg and Kasumu in age, because there's an 11-year gap between the two of them, and they <laughs> Kasumu is the next oldest after Hogg. So, you know, I think when we talked about it last time, you made the point we know that Hoggy can't play every game. He does have little niggles and, and that hip injury that flares up now and then, etc. He's, he's 34 years old now, he'll be 35 middle of next season. They need a long-term successor at some point, and I think we've said this every year, but it feels like they need to make that sign-in this year. Um, so I think adding one player who is sort of at his peak or, or near in his peak would be, they need to do that this summer, really. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I think that's the for me. We'll get onto the forward line and what's going to happen there. But I think that midfielder is perhaps the key position this summer for me because there's been so many games this season where that position would have made a big difference. I think, um, and I mean, under the first couple of managers and under Warnock as well. You know, even though that went very well in the end, I think having a proper as you say, you know, not a project player in there, which, let's face it, you know, they, they do have enough yeah. project players to work on. Yeah, that, there's five that there, is, aren't there? That is key. <laughs> yeah, that is that is key for me. So, and I, I think they will recognise that. I think they will recognise that, you know. I, I'm I'm pretty sure we, we heard from Neil Warnock enough, who was sort of bigging them up constantly and talking about individuals, etc., I think even he knew it was a problem position, didn't yeah. he? You know, it, it took him a little while to work it out, didn't it? Because played yeah. played Radoni further forward and then moved him into midfield. He started with Kamara, then dropped Kamara, gave High a go, and then he got injured and didn't really get back in again. So there was a, a bit of fiddling about there. Attacking midfield number ten. It, yeah. <laughs> This is a, a sort of a question mark for me because you don't know if they're going to play one. I think if you can get someone who can play there, definitely you mm. need someone. But they've got Dwayne Holmes and Brahima Diara at the moment and Jack Rodoni. Um, if you want to class him there and you don't see him playing that box-to-box number eight role, I think if you get that central midfield role right, it does free up Rodoni to move forward. And I think that might solve this position. Um, but they put a lot of eggs in the Tino Andrin basket last season mm, and yeah, then basically yeah, didn't have him available from September onwards it is an important role to get right if they envision playing an attacking midfielder mm, yeah uh, but like you say it just completely depends on the manager doesn't it I think I think they could do with somebody who can at least do that role even if they're sort of better qualified in, or, or chiefly qualified in another a Danel Sanani um, type yeah yeah I don't disagree with that at all I don't disagree with that at all I think um Again, it's the manager, isn't it? That manager is so key. Who they who they get in, um, 
if they want that role, they really... I I don't think they have a natural player there. I think Rodoni, we're kind of seeing what he's good at and the things that he can do at the end of the season, and I'm not sure he's, he's a 10 at this mm, point. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, yeah. I think I think there is a very strong argument that they could recruit there, but it it yeah, it's manager, isn't it? it? Completely depends on the manager. Yeah, it's a little bit sort of Steven Gerrard with Jack Rodoni, where like I think he he might want to play that number ten role, but I think we've seen that it's a waste of his other talents to to play him there because you can end up sort of playing yeah. in a a ten yard box. Um, in certain games, yeah. and we know he's very mobile. Diara, I think, is 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 far even more mobile, and um, and and will get around a lot um, wherever you play him. So he's a sort of a different kind of option there. But yeah, one one to keep an eye on. Um, hmm. But here's the big one: the wings. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Silver Thomas uh, again, another one who you might get interest. Um, and they've got some players who can play there: Rodoni, Holmes, Jackson, Headley, Rowe, and then it's Pat Jones and Conor Mahoney. Are <laughs> your other options? Um, Josh Garoma is is out of contract this summer, so we're we're talking here, assuming that he is going to go. But but who knows? We get the retained list, I think, next week. Uh, Hungbo they've had on loan, but he presumably will be going back. Knockart had on loan, will be going back. Rolando Aaron's uh, will be released. Danny Grant currently set to go out of contract as well. Massive, massive gap in the squad. I think they they probably need at least one, even if they kept Thomas and Karoma. And I think if one or yeah. two or both of them go, they need two. Really? Yeah, I I, I think like including Dwayne Holmes in that group is interesting because I know he plays out there, but he's certainly not a winger. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know they have a few players in that profile and. I think Sorba Thomas, I'm not at the point where I'd just say it's definite he's going to go, but I would say I strongly can't see him playing for town again. Um, and I think they will get interest. So, yeah, that's a difficult one. I think they need one either side. I think they need somebody who can invert a bit, Josh Garoma style, and I think they need a proper winger as well. So, yeah, that is definitely a point of recruitment for me. Yeah. I, th- I think it is traditionally a position that town have not recruited that well. Let's be honest. You yeah, know. yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. They, they have struggled whatever division they've they've been in. Um, certainly in the championship and the Premier League to to find players. Obviously, Sorb is a massive success story. I think Pat Jones is is probably the most talented youngster at the club, but he's he's unfortunately he's just never fit. So I don't think you can be counting on him um, at this stage until you've seen him get you know ten starts under his belt at least. Um, I'm not as sure about. Sorber Thomas as you are though um, for a couple of reasons I think I think one I think it was fairly evident that the issue in February was between him and Mark Fotheringham rather than sort of yeah. oh I, I want out of this club I'm miserable here and I hate it I think under a different manager he would have been quite happy to stay Warnock definitely um, mm. several times went out of his way to say he wishes he'd, he had Sorber Thomas I think he is alongside Lee Nichols probably the one you would expect to if anyone's going to come in for a bid, he would be one of those players, sort of him, Rodoni and Nichols, probably the ones that are most likely to attract interest. Um, but we saw, Brown, I'm not sure where that interest is going to come from because I'm not sure you would necessarily look at, if you're a Premier League club now, I'm not sure whether you would necessarily look at Sorba Thomas and say, yeah, he's definitely ready to step up. I think he would have to be a project for someone. In which case are they going to spend the kind of money that that Tam would want? He's 
he's a young player, but he's not super young. He's not twenty. You know, he's what is he twenty four? Mm. I just I don't know. I'm 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 not convinced unless unless I, someone who's you know unless Southampton say come in and say okay, well we want you to help us get promoted. I I think he'll get higher end champ interest. Yes. That's my that's my honest that's my honest read on it. I I think they will people look at the numbers and they will look at his numbers and somebody like uh, uh, just I'm just picking a name from the air honestly this isn't there's nothing in this but as was I with Southampton yeah yeah I think it's exactly like you say a, a Southampton coming down looking at the numbers I think if Leicester came down and looked at the numbers they always do the same thing which is try and keep as much as they've got try and pinch a couple of the best of the championship and you know he he has been there two seasons so I just think he will and I I think for me I feel there's a little bit of an element of his races run with town if I'm honest I think his time is is probably done um it happens you know it it happens and I think another manager coming in won't necessarily I think I think Sorba he he has done a, a certain job really really well for Huddersfield Town but I think a, a new manager coming in needs to evolve them a little bit. And my worry is that if you keep Sorber around, you end up starting to rely on him again. And then everybody's wondering why he's not particularly effective when he's got three men marking him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think he is the most creative winger that they have. I, I know that he's very he can be very patchy at times. Um, he has good spells and bad spells, but I think he he's worth putting up with the bad spells to have the good ones. I'm I don't know. I'm less less certain than you that that he won't be there next season, but we'll we'll see what it brings. Um let's move up front. Um Danny Ward set to be out of contract, Martin Waggon set to go back to Coventry. Uh and I'm sure every town fan will be um in mourning, and we'll join hands to, to say a, a tearful goodbye to Florian Canberry as well. Um, under contract, okay. <laughs> under contract, Jordan Rhodes, Tyree Simpson, Kean Harrett, Kieran Phillips, Carl Hudlin. You could have Pat Jones play up there, Charles Ondo, who I've literally just got on this list because he played a couple of minutes last season, mm-hmm. otherwise, I wouldn't have him on this list. But, um, <sighs> You've got one player who's right at the end of his career. A few who were right at the beginning of their careers, and nothing in between there. They they definitely need a new centre forward. Yeah, they they need a new centre forward. There's no denying that. I mean, I I would if you could get him on the right money for a year. I I would definitely keep Danny yeah. Ward around. But it's whether you can get him on the right money. I think Jordan Rhodes might go. If I'm honest, I think he might go yeah. this summer because um, he's at a point in his career where he wants. He wants to play. He wants one final hurrah, doesn't he? And which is absolutely at, fine. At no point has he been the first choice centre forward either. So, like you know, no. so he's yeah. He, he, he will. He will. Uh, I think he'll need to. He will likely go. I think that's mm. just my. Hunch. He's been linked um, away basically since he arrived at the club. So. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, there's no point really talking about much more about it. It's just a definite point of recruitment, isn't it? And I think they need, we've said before, they always needed that striker. He was somewhere between Danny Ward and Jordan Rhodes. So he could do, he could get through the amount of work that Ward does, but he could also finish like Jordan Rhodes. Not easy to recruit for. It's the position that they probably need to think about spending some money yeah. Um but Simpson and Hudlin are, are, are nowhere near a full season in the championship yet. Nowhere near. Um, so 
I would argue it may be a, a case of if you couldn't keep Wardy, I think maybe you've got to recruit your first team striker and then you may possibly need to recruit your backup as well, in truth. You need to maybe do a loan for someone and, and see where you go from there. I know Warnock was very keen on Kean Harrop and he thinks that he should be pushing for a starting place next season. But again, you don't want to... And he may well go and have a no. brilliant season, but you don't want to be counting on him and being your first choice number nine, do you? I think... Kieran Phillips is very interesting because his his record in League One last year was actually for a rubbish team in Morecambe was actually really good. Um, and even when he had a bit of a dry spell, I, I went down sort of towards the end of his dry spell in front of goal. And even then, people were saying the amount of work he gets through, the amount he does in in link up is is actually really impressive and, and quite refreshing. Again, though, fitness is the issue with him. He's had persistent injury problems throughout his career. Um, and he is a bit slight sometimes um, with, with the way, you know, he doesn't always, he's six foot two, but he doesn't always impose himself, which I think you need to learn to do in the championship. So um, I think, yeah, I think on Wardy, I think there's there's three things. I If I could sign Danny Ward, I, think, I can't remember if we had this discussion on the podcast last time, so apologies if I'm repeating myself, but I think it bears repeating. I think if I could get Danny Ward on a one-year contract, I would do it. But again, I think the money has to be right. So it's how long does he want to sign up for? Would he take a year? It's what money does he want to be on? Can you get something done there? And it's who could you sign for the equivalent wages? Neil Warnock is both in his last press conference and on the charity event we went to on on Thursday evening, having a bit of a go at me for um, always giving Wardy a five when he said, you know, the amount of work he gets through as a manager, I'm always giving him a seven or an eight because he gets through the work. The thing with Wardy, and if I wanted to reply to to (laughs) Warnock, which I didn't, but the reason I was giving him fives is because we saw Wardy last season when he was, and there was t- plenty of games last season where he didn't score goals, but we saw the amount of work he was getting through off the ball. And I don't think he's been anywhere near that this season. I know he's had injuries, he, as we alluded to. I think he looked towards the end of the season like he was struggling for fitness and, and only half fit. So understandable that, that he wasn't capable of getting through. And I'm not saying that he was just standing on, you know, up top and, um, and doing nothing, but he uh you know he wasn't getting through or at least to the eye quite the amount of work he had done in pre- the previous season so it's is that down to the injury or do you think with a full pre-season you could get him back to that level so yeah but i think as i say the decisive one is who could you get for that money instead because if you think you might struggle to get someone i think they have to, to get him on a new deal yeah basically i feel exactly the same as you do <laughs> it's the it's the honest truth that i think if you could get the right money for a year jobs are good and it's whether you can or not because there's nobody else just sort of lying around who's just like Danny Ward so yeah if he does go I think he needs to be very fondly remembered as well because he's the first year at the club he was nowhere near fit enough the last two years he's been a a real difference maker at times and a difference maker in different systems under different managers and a real worker so yeah, he's, he's a good player. It's impossible to dislike Danny Ward, isn't he? That's the thing. Just before we move on f- to the new manager, we should probably circle back to Josh Caroma because we talked about Ruffles and Ward and looking at replacing them and, and Vashlik as well. But we didn't really talk about Josh Caroma. I think, obviously, if you could sign him up to a new deal, you, you'd do it, particularly on the, the strength of the last few months. But um, 
as it stands, there's been no news. We know they spent pretty much all the last season in negotiations with him. Is he one? And again, we sort of it's a difficult situation for us because we know that previously they've had a a pretty solid, pretty firm wage cap that they've been reluctant to go over. We don't know if the new ownership might have a different number or whether they'll have that policy, etc. Is Corona a player you think it's worth pulling out the stops to keep if you can keep him? Do you know it's a difficult one, isn't it? Mm. Because the Josh Caroma we saw seen under Neil Warnock, you know, is arguably up there with anyone in the championship. And you know, I mean that sincerely. I think the second half yeah. against Sheffield United was as good a performance as you would see from a championship player. Yeah, but. The problem is we've seen something very different from him under other managers. Uh, Yeah, it's difficult because I think to keep him, you would have to pay him more than his current deal to get him to stay. And do you want to pay Josh Caroma more than he's on now, knowing if you don't get the right manager who gets the tune out of him? could go the wrong way it's a really difficult one it's a really difficult one I'm a fan of his but I'm a fan of his with the caveat that he clearly is somebody who needs a certain set of circumstances around him to to flourish I'm not please don't think I'm damning him by that lots of players are like that loads of players are like that Gaza was like that you know but I'm just not sure Town can offer him those circumstances for two years. <laughs> you know, I think probably, as good as he's been, I think probably it's the right decision to let him go. If I'm if I'm honest, but I do completely concede it wouldn't surprise me if he went somewhere with the right manager and he was one of the best players in the Championship next season. I still don't think that would necessarily mean it's the wrong decision for him to go, though, because he does he does need a little bit of help, doesn't he, clearly? So, I don't know. What's your take? Yeah, I'm in the same two minds, because I think, you look, as you say, you look at the player who's been playing the last two months and you think, well, there's someone you could sell for 10 million quid next yeah. year. Oh, but, yeah. But then you also think, yeah, but... He's been at the club for four years, and I know they signed him from non-league as a, as a youngster, so you know naturally it's taken him time to develop, but ultimately he's had seven good months in four years while he's been at Huddersfield Town, and I include his loan, loan spells in that as well. So, obviously he spent half a season injured as well, but again, I think it's sort of, who who do you get to replace him? Who's available as a replacement? And, and are they less of a gamble than, than that? It's it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. The thing is, the thing you have to replace is his goals. That's that's the yeah. thing because he has contributed. So you need somebody. That's what I was saying about you need somebody who inverts. You need somebody who comes inside and and gives you goals. But I just, I sort of he's one of those players that I really really wish him well. But he's been so streaky, you know. Like he was brilliant under Corbran until he got injured. Then he came back and he was he was good again. He's never quite hit those heights again till now. He had a chance out on loan, and he, he like again, I believe from talking to Portsmouth fans, started really really well, and then tumbled off a cliff a bit, which is is what we've seen. So yeah, I I 
I sort of lean towards, okay, it's time to let him go. But I do strongly suspect he might turn out to be a very, very good pickup for someone, potentially. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough one. I think wingers are they're probably the, the, the hardest players to sign. And I'm not saying that, but having already said Town are, are not good at signing them. But I think in this division, anyone who's any good very quickly gets picked up by the Premier League, I think more so than, than other positions even. Um, it's a really, really tough job to recruit for. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I think they'll obviously they'll know that he's the player who next season, if they're struggling again or the replacement doesn't do the business, everyone will be going, "Why didn't you keep Josh Caroma?" Yeah. As, as inevitably happens. Um, but I think we're, we're I, talking here, that, assuming that he is going. By the way, because we've heard nothing to yeah. the contrary. But, but yeah. But you, sometimes, you know, sometimes just because a player goes and flourishes elsewhere, it doesn't mean it wasn't the right decision to let them go there. You know, yeah. it's it. Not everybody works at every club in the way you want them to. And I think, yeah, as I, as I said, he may go somewhere else with the right manager in the right set of circumstances and really, really flourish. But yeah, I just can't. I can't really justify the thing. The thing I keep thinking about is that to get him to sign, you're going to have to give him a pay bump, and I just can't as good as he has been over the last month, I just can't justify that in my own mind, mm. realistically, over from the last two years. <laughs> so, yeah. The thing, I w- the other thing I would say about signings is I think we're kind of looking at this from a first-team point of view. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, squad-wise, Town are not in a particularly bad place because I think they've got some youngsters that they'll probably trust a bit more next season you know I don't think Headley's going anywhere I think he's first team squad for the foreseeable Ben Jackson I would hope is is very much first team squad for the foreseeable and will play plenty of minutes next season and they've got a few others who are sort of knocking on the door so I don't think the recruitment job is quite as like wide scale as you might think for a side that have had the season they've had it's more about this is a summer where I think the last couple of summers town have tried to recruit very well for the squad. I think this is a summer where they have to recruit for the first team and that's a slightly different level and to be frank Steve you've usually got to spend money. That's yeah. that's the realistic part of it. You have to spend money for signings who come ready made to go into that first team. So it it's quite a big summer but when i say it's a big summer that yeah it doesn't feel like it's a big summer because they need to go and sign 12 players they yeah. need to sign like four or five of the right players don't they yeah it's definitely quality rather than depth this summer yeah yeah, yeah definitely so but yeah it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see who they get linked with early doors and whether also it's worth talking about how they're going to do the business itself because the takeover obviously affects what they can and can't do because until that's gone through they can't sort of officially have decisions made by any new owner or any new sort of ownership team so they need that done nice and early I mean transfer windows obviously not open yet so no concerns right at the minute but you really want them in and done don't you so you can just sort of crack on yeah I sort of feel similar to what I do with the new manager, which we'll we'll move on to, which is I think sitting here right now on Sunday the fourteenth of May, I'm thinking, well, the players are on holiday anyway. There's only so yep. much they can do until they're in pre-season training, which will probably be end of June. Um, so there's not a massive amount of urgency, but those that month will go by very quickly. Uh, very. <laughs> so 
Um, they do need to at least have things lined up, even if it's then sort of rubber rubber stamped um, on the other end of the takeover, or or that they're ready to get things done both in the transfer market and with the manager if for any reason that the takeover were to stall. As I say, I think there's no reason to believe that it will, but but obviously when it's out of the club's hands, it's you know there's no guarantees. So, yeah. The new manager, though, obviously Neil Warnock is, is on his way, uh, and we've talked before about how it's an un- unenviable job to take over from Neil Warnock, the effect, yeah. such as the affection towards him. Um, but he, he doesn't want the job full-time. He doesn't want any job full-time, and fair enough to him. Um, what do town need, then, now that they've got this clean slate? I, my big thing, we alluded to it last week, is I think they've really got to try and break the cycle. They, they've they got stuck in a boom-or-bust cycle for too long. And I think... There's lots of problems that come with a boom and bust cycle, you know, not least of which every transfer window you're sort of trying to plug holes and what have you. And it would be nice for them to be able to use the next couple to actually build rather than plug and repair. I I would like to see them sort of somebody who they can commit to long term, who's got a little bit of a vision. I don't think they necessarily need to go chasing promotion this season is the thing. It would be nice to have a run at the playoffs, a run at promotion. But I think, you know, a little bit of patience, a little bit of a calm hand to help build that squad up and evolve into something else would be would be handy. And I think you know, like everybody loves Warnock. Everybody loves Warnock for obvious reasons, but his his football has been very reactive, has been very sort of tactically, let's just try and match them up, let's go man for man, let's try and do this, that and the other. They really could do with, with going back to having a sort of philosophy again. Um, mm-hmm. And even if that philosophy needs time to bed in, it would be nice to see them kind of commit to something now, recruit for that, try and have a nice drama three upper mid-table season if possible with perhaps a little flirt with the playoffs but then be in a position next summer where we're doing this podcast going do you know what they only need a couple of quality signings and they are right in the mix and rightly so because last season was a surprise wasn't it Steve none of us were sitting here thinking third place in the table and playoff final it would just be nice to see some progress from that point of view and evolve a little bit away from like you know my Steve knows my feelings off mic but the whole working class hard work thing and everything I think that's absolutely fine but I think just put that in as a minimum standard and let's evolve onto something a bit more you know and and they tried with Corbyn mm-hmm. and they weren't expecting Corbyn to go so let's see if they can find somebody else they can commit to for at least a couple of years who can really see a plan through. Yeah, I did look into after you mentioned the boom and bust. I looked into sort of the numbers on it and looking at how clubs have sort of achieved promotion and then not just when they've not just achieved promotion, but when they do it, stay in the top flight. And the teams that do best are teams that have first who have just had two or three seasons of being in mid-table first, um, which Town just don't do. Yeah. The the rest of them are either teams that have just been relegated 
uh, from the Premier League, including your yo-yo teams, your, your Fulham's and your Norwich, etc. Um, or their surprise packages like Huddersfield. But the surprise packages basically never happen. There's there's mm. Reading, the same year Town got to the playoff final in 2017, and Town that year. Um, there was Fulham a couple of years ago, and they, to be honest, had just been underperforming for a couple of years, um, and hence in a relegation battle when they shouldn't have been. And then there's Town 21-22, and that's it. It, it. So the fact that it's happened twice to Town in six years should not be taken as, oh, this this boom and bust model is, is great for us, because they've also just spent three of the last four seasons fighting relegation from the championship and you know it took a miracle to get them out of it this time next time they might not be so lucky and they end up in league one so they do need more stability there I think definitely I think for the new manager and I've just written this piece for, for morning but I think it's interesting and will be interesting to see what they do go for because you could go with another Carlos Corbran, and I, I totally agree they need to have a philosophy in place and decide what they want to be as a club. Mm. But it's, it'll be interesting to see whether they go for a Carlos Corbran who is an up-and-comer who they think they can develop and nurture and bring them through and who who has all these big tactical ideas and wants to implement them and is young and hungry and etc. Or whether, you know, assuming that this takeover goes through, whether they look at it and think, actually... We've got plenty to sort out off the field. We're still finding our way in English football. I'm sure they'll bring in experienced people who know what they're doing, don't get me wrong. But do we actually want to have someone who is more or less a safe pair of hands? And obviously there's never any guarantees in football, but do we want to have someone who is Mm. basically fine for the championship, Mm. who's going to give us a minimum of hassle? And yeah, they're maybe not the most exciting. They're maybe not going to be the manager that we eventually settle on but maybe for the first year or two we just want a steady pair of hands take a lot off our plate means we don't have to worry as much about things on the pitch and that allows us to build more steadily and I think there's arguments in favour of both approaches you'd like to have both ideally I think realistically like Huddersfield wouldn't attract a manager who who does both they're going to have to either pick one or the other or find a compromise but it will be interesting to see which of those directions they go with that yeah, I, there's so many unknowns at the moment, isn't there? This is the problem. Until Kevin Nagel is in charge and he can actually speak and go on the record and we know what he wants and which way he wants to go, it's really, really difficult to talk about certain things. The one thing they desperately need to do is get their pre-season right because I think a lot of the issues they've had this season were to do with being yeah, completely undercooked coming into the season. And I mean that on a few levels, tactically, physically... Um, so it's important to get somebody in early. That's that's the thing, as early as they can. I I just what I want from Huddersfield Town though is an acceptance that it's all right to have these working class values and for Huddersfield to stand for something, etc. But you know, want for more as well. You know, be aspirational. And when I say be aspirational, that does not mean you go and spend twenty five million this summer and just go balls to the wall Stoke Stissy style a few years ago to to try and get there because the levels of risk involved in that are just absolutely ridiculous. But what I mean by that is you are aspirational in that you, you want to build to something and as I said, we can sit here next summer having this conversation going, do you know what, they've got a really good platform now and it is about a summer of building rather than a summer of repair. 
So it's just really interesting. We there are lots of rumours about Lee Bromby's position. We have no inside info on that before anybody thinks we do, but you know, new ownership often comes in and they want to change their footballing philosophy or they want someone different in that role. It's just very difficult to say, isn't it? It's very, very difficult to say. I see all the arguments for getting a safe pair of hands, all of them. And let's be honest, the last 15 games of the season have completely confirmed that that's a legitimate way to go. But we have also saw what a risk can do with Carlos Corbran, mm-hmm. which is if you give him a season to, to try and build something, then the following season you can do put together something quite special. So it's there's there's pluses and maybes, but... I think I've tried to look a little bit at Sacramento's model. And I know you have too, Steve, and I know other fans have. And the thing is, you can't just think, okay, he's going to pick up that framework and try and do something over here. But Sacramento's model is quite sort of patient, quite trying to trying to build a foundation out of concrete before you move to try and build the next wall or whatever. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was a if it was a building job and it was a slower process than perhaps some would like but yeah it we just need we need Kevin Nagel to come in we need him to go on the record with you have a chat so that we can then say oh okay he wants to spend 45 million this summer and turn them into an attacking monster yeah or you know he's not going to spend anything because he wants to get the infrastructure because that's the other side of things that it, we have to sort of frame it with there's infrastructure that needs to be sorted around the stadium and other things there's there's quite a big to-do list coming in All and i know you have me. to yeah yeah and i know you have to get things right on the pitch but that's why i'm saying trying to have a summer relatively drama free mid table would actually go a long way to laying some groundwork wouldn't it yeah and and i think they can't transplant everything they've done at sacramento because you know a franchise system where you've got a bit a certain amount of stability and there's no promotion relegation is obviously different from a, a league pyramid with promotion relegation and and where there's risks and and rewards um for let's be honest for short-term planning sometimes um but yeah that that's the difficult balance that's the eternal balance you need to strike in football isn't it brighton are about to kick off dave so i think we'd we'd better head off but quickly your your first impressions of kevin nagel after his his visit to the club uh as he's obviously hoping to to take it over um i think he was from what i could see i think he was very taken with it which is nice to see um i saw him locked in a conversation with Terry the Terrier for a good four or five minutes which was amusing um, but yeah he seems very taken with the area, he, he was very taken with the stadium, the atmosphere I know um, he tweeted as much but you could, you could see it, we were sat just behind him or I was sat literally just behind him and he was when the goals went in he was high-fiving high-five Mel Booth no less Huddersfield Town Royalty wonder if he knew the hand he was touching Um so yeah, so I think he he seems enthusiastic. I think the the one thing I would say is that we we don't know in terms of how big his hand is going to be on this club. You know, is Mel he, does. <laughs> is he going to be um, a slightly absentee owner? You know, is is he going to come over once twice a season? Is he going to be involved a lot? Does he want to be involved in every decision? Does he want to be involved in very few decisions? We just we just don't know. But I'd say it's a good start to have somebody who is enthusiastic about the area, enthusiastic about the club, enjoys the Marstons, 
Um, you know, the, these they're all plus points at the moment. They're all plus points, and I think it's it's fine to be excited. But what I would say, it, what is not helpful, is I've seen a lot on social media just replying to his tweets, going, "Just get your checkbook out, get your checkbook, spend, 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 Kev, etc." And I just I don't really think that's helpful because it it, it doesn't work like that. You know, philosophies don't work like that. So. I was, but I was sort of quietly impressed with his demeanour and how he acted. Mm-hmm. And what, what about you? Yeah, I, I quite liked the way he came across on Sacktown Sports that that interview that I listened to. He seemed very mm. laid back. The, the the reports that we've had previously from from California have been that he is more hands off. It's more get someone who knows what they're doing and and let them do it. Um, mm-hmm. And there's still just sort of. You know, you and I sort of have a keen eye out at all times for oh that worries me, or mm. and there still just isn't isn't really anything yet, nope. which isn't a guarantee. Not being a success. red flag yet, has there? Yeah, you don't win anything with good intentions, but yeah, notable absence of red flag so far. So hopefully that will continue. I'm sure there'll be hiccups along the way, as there there always are, not just with new owners, but just in general. But I think particularly with with uh, a new regime, but and, and hopefully that can get done you know we need to be careful not to talk about it as though it is done but mm. um yeah hopefully that that's close and I, do you know what steve as well i don't know what your take on this was but i really i really thought it was nice that he made the effort to come over for that final game because the deal's not done he didn't have to do it. it it was a little bit of a pr mission you know we all understand how it, how it works and what have you but there are other owners who wouldn't have bothered and would have gone first day of next season, you know, after mm. after my glorious summer will be my crowning as emperor. And there was no feeling of that at all. There was no feeling of that at all. There was no being paraded out onto the pitch at half time. Um, you know, it was it was I thought it was all judged really, really well. And that bodes well, I think, for the future. And yeah, we shall see. I think I, I'm quite excited about this summer, Steve quite excited quietly so it's certainly i don't normally look forward to the summer because <laughs> i don't mm. i don't love transfer news it's not my favorite part of the job I, I like being at games but there's so much going on this summer that yeah. uh, we're not going to be short of stuff but but dave what will be the soundtrack for your summer <laughs> it may not be the soundtrack for my summer but it's been the soundtrack of my week i was it's a very populist choice but i was uh, listening to Oasis Live at Nebworth on Spotify. They've got the full extended version. And it's been a few years since I've listened to it on a. Because I had a. I remember I had a, a bootleg CD when such things existed, Steve. Um, and it was. And it was great. And it is a great performance. And at their peak, they were some band live, to be fair. They really were. Lovely. I'm going for, and I can't keep track of what I have and haven't recommended. We need to make that Spotify playlist. Or if someone wants to do it for us and go back through all the previous episodes and, and put together the separate Spotify playlist for me and Dave, please be our guest. Uh, I'm going to go with the album Pool by Porches, which came out in an excellent year for music, 2016. And I'm not just saying that because it's James A. Caster's thing. It's genuinely true. Um, and I thought it even before he put that book out, so suck it. Um <laughs> but uh, yeah it's like I don't think it's an album that's going to be talked about in 30 years time or anything like that but it's just a very solid good well put together um, indie album uh, and particularly good for the summer so there you go sound of the summer sound Daft of the Punk. summer <laughs> get lucky 
Lovely. Thanks, Dave. Right, we'll let you go and watch your beloved seagulls, and we'll be back with you another time, probably after we've had some news on something or other. Nice to see Levi Colwell again. Goodbye. (laughs) 